Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres. This trade period you are listening to or indeed watching, if you are doing that at home, the trade exchange with Sarah Olly and Josh Gabalich. We've just seen Swans co-captain Callum Mills speak for the first time after he put the mad in Mad Monday. We'll bring you some of that audio a little bit shortly, but Josh... We've got a very special guest in the studio today. He is the new head of development at North Melbourne. His name is Michael Barlow. Mick, welcome. Good to be here, Sarah. It's yeah. been a massive week. Congratulations. Yeah. How did North approach you? Um, yeah, it's it was an approach a while ago, but I was, I was very committed to um, the process of the Werribee finals and, and the VFL finals. That was kind of priority one, two, and three. for, And luckily, oh, well, in, in a good way, that, that went for a bit longer. Um to, to occupy my mind and, and thoughts. And that was how it all was prioritised. So Werribee VFL, well, that was, I was all in on that, trying to get the, the result there. We fell, fell short on grand final day. But, um, yeah, met with Clarko a little while ago just for a coffee. Um, I think when, when someone of the ilk of Alistair Clarkson says, you want to catch up and have a coffee, um, didn't know where it was going or what it was about, and it was just an hour chat. And, and from there, probably a couple of weeks later, things Progressed a little, um, but yeah, it wasn't until really recently that I, um, yeah, made that decision of what it was, and um, Josh got the scoop. He figured out what was going on, uh, and, uh, and didn't we return a- my call though until a bit later in the day. <laughs> I was able to, um, in a bit of a frenzy, talk to talk to the football club, and well, I talked to the significant people at the football club last Friday at Werribee about what 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 my plan was, um, and they, they were great. Like it's, um, yeah. I'm, very indebted to the footy club for a for giving me a chance to to a play be an AFL player, but then now b to come back coach and and progress my coaching from here. So Mark Penaluna, Martin Carter, those, and Mark McAuliffe, for those three in particular, uh, played a big role from from a point of Werribee point of view. We'll get to Werribee mm. in a second, but I'm interested in this coffee catch up with Clarko. Mm. Was it a pitch or was it more just a how you going general conversation? What were you chatting about? General conversation. Um, 2013 came up when he broke my heart as the coach of Hawthorne. <laughs> broke, broke a lot of hearts. That, that was a, a special like – having coached the grand final on the weekend, I'm jumping around a bit, but, um, yeah, a special but devastating day. I watch Every year I watch a grand final now and, and watch the Brisbane. So having played in the losing grand final, you know, my heart always goes to that, that side of the coin. Um, and then having coached one, you know, it was as devastating. But talked a bit about that era, like his Hawthorne era of – of that, um, you know, 13, 14, 15, and uh, he was talking about, you know, I think that that period of time, North Melbourne, Frio, and Hawthorne were the, the sides that were, were in and around, and Hawthorne had the three premierships out of those kind of three years, and spoke, spoke about how how easily it, and how how small the margin for error is that it could have been North or could have been Frio, and spoke a bit about that in the, in the past, and, and then a bit about my journey and and you know the path I've had to to where I am, and it's kind of been a bit of a Bit of an interesting one, but yeah, from a playing perspective, and what I then what I prioritised when I came out of playing, and, and who I attached myself to, which was Choco Williams and, and the Werribee Footy Club, and from there it was, um, yeah, coaching something I think that found me through through those associations with Choco. Um, yeah, he pushed and prodded and and didn't kind of let me off lightly in, in those environments, which I loved. Like I think it was an environment where I could have gone and, and played and assistant co- and just done the bare minimum as an assistant coach at VFL level, but. He pulled me in and you know, upskilled me in all, all the, the certain aspects, technology, um, coaching, relationships, all of that stuff, which was really important. Mick, North Melbourne wasn't the only club that was chasing you. What appealed about the head of development role at Arden Street? 
Uh, yeah, it, it's I love I've loved the last three years managing my own program. Mm. So actually overseeing you know the coaching side of things and and the, the game style like the holistic part of it, um, offense, defense, stoppage, contest. Um, you know, working with leaders, um, working working with staff, and and having a little bit of a behind the scenes look at um, operations, all that. So uh, right now, um, yeah, it was going to take something pretty significant for me to be able to step away from what I'm doing. And I spoke to you off, about that off air, about the Werribee role uh, for me wasn't a role I was going to go do and try and platform into something. It was, I just wanted to do that really well and um, fell in love with the job. The, this year has been an amazing ride, um, getting the results for the players and the players connecting with each other and the whole club coming together. So I love that. I think in time it's, you know, I'll, I'm in as the head of development now, but I think in time it, being an assistant coach and, and overseeing a line and, and different parts of the game will be important. But, yeah, I get to go in and kind of oversee all of that. Um, obviously, a really important part of the North Melbourne Football Club will be this development program and the players coming through and, and fast-tracking them as, as players and people to, to um, yeah, propel, propel us as quickly up the ladder as we can. You've touched on the Werribee journey. Obviously, started as a playing assistant, three years as a senior coach. Was the plan always to get back into club land after you left the Gold Coast Suns? Yeah, not really, to be honest. I, and I think a lot of players will resonate with this that come out um, not on their own terms. I was, and I've learned a lot about myself um, since this moment. But I've, in my last year at the Gold Coast Suns, um, probably didn't handle myself as well as I would have liked. Um, and funnily enough, I go through exit meetings now with players, and I, there's players, you know, 24 to 30 that just miss out on a grand final for for Werribee or whatever it is, and those guys just handle themselves so well. Um, and I, I, I'm in awe because. I go back to 2018 when I was on the way out. Career mortality was on the way, and um, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't horrible, or I wasn't. Um, um, yeah, I wasn't the, the worst person in the world. But I, I just remember times I could have been a better teammate and just understood the situation and, um, and and handled myself a little bit better. So, yeah, that experience um, has helped me. I think um, come out when I came out of the AFL, I didn't want to go. I felt a little bit bitter and twisted probably at the AFL system and there were some opportunities to go in, but Werribee appealed pretty strongly. Um, I had a strong connection with the club, done a lot of media stuff in the last four or five years, um, which, which I've loved and had a passion for that and still do. So that was, that was a part of it. I wanted to trial and error four or five different things rather than kind of, I needed fresh air from the system and I've, I've had that well and truly now. Your journey is so well known in terms of being drafted at 21 out of the VFL and bursting onto the scene. You were a Brownlow medal favourite before you broke your leg and you've moved clubs, you've been delisted, you've broken your leg for a second time. How has that shaped you in terms of coaching? Because I feel like it's really yeah. set you up to be a career coach. You ne- yeah, I feel the the important... Um, there's a bit of a checklist, isn't there? And it's not all, it's not all rainbows and lollipops mm. on the checklist to... To, to make your way in a certain field. And I think coaching is is exactly that. So um, I've been delisted twice. I've had you know long-term injury. I've been in, involved in a side that was competing for a premiership for three or four years. And I went to a side that was you know um, underperforming. I didn't win an AFL game in my last 18 months as a player. Like I, I was um, you know, a bit injured, a bit out of the side, but didn't experience winning in 18 months of... So it, there's, there's a, a full pie of experiences. Um, I've been, you know, in leadership groups. I've, I've, um, you know, had had firm conversations with coaches myself, and uh, all that stuff that that marries up in the time. 
um, some of those harder experiences you begrudge. But in, then as time evolves, they're great experiences to take into your coach. So I feel like I can speak to most players um, and empathise with whatever situation it is, whether they're going really well, whether they're going really poorly, whether they've got some off-field stuff going on, whether um, whether they're injured, uh, whether they've got a bit of career mortality. So that's that's really important to me. Um, and, yeah, that, that's I keep going back to what I've done at Werribee and the experiences I've had. Um I just see if if what what those guys could do this year at that level, you know, being semi-professional, zero games of AFL experience, um, you know, forty hours of work, and committing their footy after after work, uh, you know, I can't wait to sink my teeth in and understand, um, you know, what full-time athletes have got at their disposal. We're speaking to North Melbourne's new head of development, Michael Barlow. You were saying before, Mick, that you gravitate towards the losers on Grand Final Day, given your mm. experience. But when you look at the winners in Collingwood and the verve and the fun they play with. Yeah. It's something that's new, I guess, in the world of AFL. And before that, I guess, with Richmond, it was that vulnerability piece mm. and the the empathy and the gratitude. You spoke before about loving to coach your own side and coach the different lines. But how important is that off-field work as well in getting to know your players, know their families, mm. know their stories? How important is that? Yeah, incredible. I, I, I'm a keen observer of, like, the media and the, the AFL landscape. I think Adam Uze in the last week has has opened everyone's eyes to how good he's going to be. Um, uh, you know, I heard a story last night. Um, someone was at the best and fairest, and the first thing, you know, he's just in, interested in everyone and and in anyone and um, and past players and all that. He wants to kind of, which is which is cool because um, that's that's what it is at the moment. It's it's Craig McRae's the the pinup boy of how it's how it's been done. The vision of his pregame when they're all laughing and carrying on and, and taking the air out of the room. Um, I think even when I start, when I was first year head coach at Werribee, I probably came in and thought, right, this is how you're meant to do it. You got to kind of be on edge and got to have um, and and the more it's evolved, I've thought, yeah, that 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 style of approach on game day is very important. Um, yeah, so that's that's the way it's going. Connection with players, um, vulnerability. The three H's was was a big thing at. Um, Richmond, I think from Damien Hardwick, Heroes, Hardships and Heroes, Hardships and Highlights. And I'd learnt, we, we did that at Werribee as well under Choco Williams and some of the stories um, that you were exposed to um, from these guys. Like, yeah, yeah, as a coach and for their teammates to hear certain elements of their life, I think, yeah, bonds them really closely. So you're joining North Melbourne. It's mm-hmm. a club, I guess, that's only going to be on the way up. Who are the players you're most excited to sinking your teeth into and getting to know? Yeah, um, well, all of them, really. It's I'm looking forward to getting in there tomorrow just to meet the the staff and you know Cam Matthews, Todd Viney, um, Clarko, and and probably get a list of of what it looks like. Um, I'm actually not completely across, you know, who qualifies to be in that. You know, a lot of clubs are one to three, one to four. I know it's going to be a big chunk of of the group. The names that clearly spring to mind are, are Sheasel, Wardlaw. They're, they're the kind of top end talent. I've already got some feedback on Harry Sheasel that. Um, he's one of the best and fairest and you know, rising star and all that. But apparently he is just, um, to use a Ross line, he's a dog hungry in his training and, and driving of standards and all, all of that. And, and George Wardlaw's one, um, yeah, that, that I've watched from afar. I've mentioned a couple of times when I've done the radio stuff. He wears the black boots and kind of looks ungroomed and just gets out there and plays. <laughs> so there's, there's um, a couple of top enders there that you, you look at and you think um, – yeah, it's a pretty exciting um, place to be. But also that kind of middle tier, isn't it? The guys that probably have moved out of the development phase and into the, the next next phase of their careers, um, 
Davies Uniac and, and Simpkin, who's the, who's, who's the captain clearly, but they're still young men that I think I can, you know, I, I won't be um, confined just to, to having an impact for, for the younger players. Mick Sarah referenced Craig McRae before, and part of his story is, of course, coaching his own side at VFL level. We've seen what he's done in the past seven days. Do you have ambitions to be a senior coach one day? That, that's where I've reflected in the last probably six months and thought that's, you know, that's, that's where I would love it to go. And why not? And if it doesn't go there, it doesn't go there. You know, that it's a it's a job that eighteen people in Australia, the world, have. Um, but the, the journey for me, I've always and, and my fiance at home um, is sick to death of hearing this, and she's pretty happy that I've got a, a nice tenure at North because I've always talked about two year plans. All right, we're just doing the two. This is what we're doing for the next two years, and then we'll reassess. And for the last, for, for as long as I've known her, we've been together five years. It's um, the two year plan has been quite quite normal like we've been at Werribee and we've been doing the media stuff and life's been pretty good but um you know what's beyond that um yeah so I I think in the last couple of five years I've had a lot of trial and error and, and thought about what am I doing where do I want to go and um yeah that that's become the aspiration and you feel a bit embarrassed kind of saying it at times because I'm, I'm a I'm a way off it and got a lot of life experience and football experience to go through to get there but um I'm a big one on just doing the job that you do at that time really well, and then what will be um, from there will be. You're now working under Alistair Clarkson, one of the greatest coaches of all time, but you've previously worked under Ross Lyon in a different area of your life. How influential has he been on shaping you as a coach? Yeah, it, really yeah, really significant. I think grabbing like experiences from all these different coaches is so important. So Ross, um, he has, has been the one main one that I think has shaped the way I message and, and see the game. Um which is which is a strong influence. Um, you know, I, I still keep in semi regular contact with him. Um, I've loved seeing him get back into it and, and followed the Saints pretty closely this year. And came with no surprise how how he manufactured a lot of those wins early in this season as they got going. Um, I think he's grown. You know, I think he's become a bit more vulnerable and personable um, along the way. Not not to say he he wasn't with me. Um, didn't feel very personal when he delisted me in 2016 and we had a bit of a, a calling off period after that, but we've come full circle and we're still um, connecting. And, and he was pretty important um, probably a month or two ago just to sit down with him and uh, and not go into any specifics, but just talk about going into finals as a coach and, and you know, what it looks like beyond uh, beyond what I'm doing this year um, into the future. So he's pretty important to me. I've had Choco Williams who they're all different, uh, but they all have these – these great skill sets you can attach onto. The main one, though, is like investing in the people and and what I said before, doing what you're doing now at 100%, and, and you'll get the get the rewards. We can't have you on and not discuss a couple of Werribee yeah, stars let's talk. because Pump them up. obviously Pump them up. the trade period starts next week, and then once that deadline closes on October 18, we're going to start thinking a bit more about the national draft and even the SSP period. Now there are a couple of players at Werribee that are attracting attention. I want to start with Sean Manor because what a finals performance. Yeah. What a grand final performance. He became a normal Goss medalist with 28 disposals, six goals. He's 26. How much interest has he attracted? Uh, I think, yes, a, a fair amount um, from what we're, what, we're, what we're hearing. And I'll just frame it like this, right? I think you can grab um, any AFL, like how many players are on AFL list at the moment? 44. Four, no, no, so the whole whole issue. Yeah. 44 times 18, whatever that is. Um, so all these players the that are on the AFL, on AFL list, if you take a half forward mid on AFL list and you put them in a VFL season and they have to play the whole year, you know, 
maybe 5% of them are having games like Sean Manor had. 792. So, so out of 792, <laughs> if, if Sean Manor isn't in the the best 400 players, and I, I'd, I'd be as, as willing to say, I think he, he is in best 22 of a lot of sides uh, at the moment. Re- disregard, re- disregard the age, 26, that's still a four to five year career to come in uh, for someone that's, that's great culturally, got a great work ethic, a great person. Um, and I was stoked for him that, that he had that game on the big stage because you know, 28 and six, um, Gold Coast put young Yule into him in the last half and he still was able to work through that and, and show that he can, can play under a bit of duress as well. So, um, yeah, hoping for the best for Sean. The other one I want to ask you about is a Fothergill round Mitchell medalist. You won that award back in 2009. He won it last month. Sam Closey, he's only 20. He's come from a little bit of the clouds given he only played the five games last year. Do you expect him to be on an AFL list next year? Yes, I do. Um, I actually just wrote something about Sam because um, we're just putting together some reports on players. And So you're still doing some exits and some where Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Mean, we've got our reviews and had his review on Monday night. and um, oh, he, He's just uh, a great person that is um, driven. He's competitive. He's he's tough. He's, he's quite skinny, so he would be, he's going to benefit strongly. I, you know, we told him to go away, and he's got two or three kilo to put on, can run really well. Um but he was one that all he wanted to do was compete and, and win the trust of his teammates. And this is what I loved about the, the Werribee side this year. We weren't focused on individuals getting out and getting drafted and all that. I think when we pushed that to the side and focused on team, which Sam epitomised this, he played for his team, he got the trust of his teammates and and, and then he had some fun. And the back half of the year when he, he was playing freely and, and running off at half back and his anticipation from kind of defence to offence, offence to defence is, is at a really high level. So... Uh, I know there's some some clubs yeah significantly interested in him. Twenty years of age, his brother's in the system. Um, he's a yeah he's a he's a good story, Sam, and um, hoping for an opportunity for him. Mick, it's been such a joy and delight to have you in on the Trade Exchange. We really appreciate you coming in, so thank you. No worries, Sarah. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate Michael it. Michael Barlow, Mick. North Melbourne's new head of development here on the Trade Exchange. Plenty more to come on the other side of this.